Welcome to this Kingdom Faith Yorkshire podcast from the August family holiday. This talk is by Paul Abel. Hallelujah, Jesus. Last night, when we were looking, sorry, I'm not preaching, you don't have to sit down. Says everybody's sitting down. Last night, um, we were looking at what caused the people to arrive at the door of the house in Capernaum where Jesus was. And we know from Mark 2 verse 1 it says, it was noise that Jesus was in the house. But I believe we were inspired by the Holy Spirit to go back and look at what had happened to lead to this situation. And one of the key things was Jesus completely welcoming and completely accepting what in the passage is called unclean, the unacceptable people of the time. And the leper says to Jesus, if you want to, you can make me clean. And Jesus says, of course I want to. He reaches out, he touches him, and immediately he's made clean. And linking that with what John wrote about, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. You can see that at his body, as like Jesus in this world now, our commission is to reach out and touch the unclean, to see them clean, to see that kingdom grow. And I wonder what God was going to do with us this morning. Were we going to go into Mark 2, verse 1? Uh, maybe we'll get there yet. I don't know. But he suddenly gave me this passage, which I haven't thought to go to. We, we, we read it a while ago. And God said to me, there's an uncleanness that I want to deal with amongst you. And it's the same issue that the disciples were facing at this moment in this story. Because if we are to touch the unclean, as Jesus is in this world, so are we. We have to be confident that we are there in the place of Jesus. Which means stripping away all sense of it couldn't possibly mean me. Or I'm not good enough. Or I don't live up to it enough. Or I failed too much. Or all of that stuff. And God said, there's one thing I can put it all under that I'm going to clean you all off this morning. And that's fear. He says, because the root of all of that lack of confidence and shame and this might not work. He says, the thing that I want to remove from this body is fear. If you remember, perfect love drives out fear. And here we are spending a conference looking at the love, the goodness of God. 
And because we've seen prayers not answered, and because we've seen things not happen, or apparently not answered, or apparently not happening, it can undermine that confidence. Because we look to the failure, but God is not defined by any failure. Neither are you. Anything that's failure is a. I can't explain it to you because I'm not God. It's like if God doesn't seem to be loving, I know that God is loving. So it's that situation I'm not understanding from His point of view, from His understanding. And the Bible says His ways are so far above our ways, but we, we forget that and kind of think we should understand everything. Forgetting that if we understood everything, you wouldn't be God anymore and it wouldn't be worth following. You'd just be another human being. As God said, I want to remove fear. And the question in our minds might be, if you want to, and God says, Jesus says, of course I want to. God wants to cleanse fear. Which means a release and enabling of the faith that he's already placed within us. Because faith overcomes. He can't, he's not going to remove fearful circumstances because they will always be there. But he'll remove the fear that makes us withdraw. And when we join this story, it's on a Sunday evening, it says. The disciples were meeting behind closed doors for fear of the Jewish leaders. If they'd remained in that place of fear, we probably would not have heard of Jesus. It's highly unlikely. If they've preserved themselves and their families, they'd have confined their belief in Jesus to behind closed doors. Jesus himself has just died on a cross very publicly. <laughs> and all of his followers betrayed him. Judas most spectacularly, but all of them, including Peter. And they ran away, gave up. He told them, this is what's going to happen. He said, you're going to all betray me, so let's make a new covenant of trust. That's not the way we think. No, if, I, if I know Adrian is going to betray me tomorrow, which will mean I'm going to be murdered, I don't say to him, let's have a covenant meal of trust together then, shall we? <laughs> so Jesus did something very peculiar with these people that said that he was going to, we're going to betray with them. He said, I'm going I'm to start a new covenant of trust, even though you're going to betray me, each in your own way, in your own different way. 
they did. They didn't live up to what they'd hoped they would be following Jesus. They'd seen all these things happen. They'd seen how he accepted the unacceptable. And they'd blown it. And in fear, after Jesus had died, they hid behind closed doors. Afraid of the world. But I think God says to us, we're pretty fearful of the world ourselves. What they might do. How they might shut us down. How they might cause us to lose our job. You know, in the future, some of us will lose our jobs for being Christians. In times, and even now around this world, you know, I think... I think the statistic is 180 Christians a month lose their lives for being Christians around the world. On the Sunday evening, when the disciples were meeting behind closed doors for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus was suddenly there in the room with them. Peace be with you, he said. Shalom. Health, wholeness, salvation, all enwrapped up in that word, shalom. He showed them the wounds in his hands and side, and the disciples were overjoyed at seeing the Lord. And then there's one of my favorite bits in all of the Gospels. Because the Trinity commissioned the disciples. This is in John 20. I mentioned the Great Commission in Matthew earlier, but this is another time where... See, Jesus didn't just speak the commission once. He'd been speaking it over them all their time. And then he spoke it afterwards. And he continues to speak to us and commission us and enable us. And this morning is not the beautiful Jesus coming in this room and saying, well, you betrayed me. You're a bunch of fearful nincompoots. I just have to come and sort it all out, won't I? Because the look on his face as he walks in this room is one of love. Actually, he knows the hurt that we've been through. And he's hurt with us and he's cried with us. The Lord's Prayer is, pray your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven, which implies that we're living in something that's not the fullness of heaven and not the fullness of God. Otherwise, we wouldn't need to pray it. So we know that that means there are always going to be things that we experience and we go through and we go under. I don't want to swear, really, but they're just horrible. feel squashed several of you in this room even in recent times have known people you love who have died 
miracle, you know who was sick. And while we have many stories of miracles, we don't have 100% of them. What do we do with that? It can become a fear that pushes us away from pressing into the goodness of God because it just might not happen. I don't have a glib answer for you. The glib answer could be, well, God is good all the time, but actually that's also the deep answer. I just know that there's these great arms of him that reaches out. And God wants to encounter us today, right now in this room, and there's going to be something that takes place that deals with fear of being Jesus in the world. Because he's giving us the city. We're crossing over to the other side. We often refer to the church, if you like, the people of God and, and, the, and the building we meet in as that city on a hill. But it's not a city on a hill because it's separate. It's a city on a hill so people can see it. And they don't want to see a lot of religious rules and regulations. They want someone to reach out and connect with them, touch. And Jesus walks into this room and connects with the disciples and gives this commission because when we talk of people gathering at the door as they did in Capernaum because it was noise that Jesus was in the house the house is not the summit although it includes that because the house is the people it's where God lives it's your front door it's the front door to your house it's the front door to your house church gathering it's the front door to your bowling club if you're living out Jesus at the bowling club but fear holds us back and the Lord does not condemn us for it but shortly if you want him to going to do something profound in you that's going to change you in removing fear in removing anxiety and for different people like it was for the disciples here that can mean different things it can be fear because you didn't live up to what you thought you'd live up to maybe you're a bit of a Peter you know I'll never get I'll never turn my back on you Lord and then he publicly denies the Lord to a servant girl all falls apart supposed rock of the church supposed leader Jesus has commissioned cannot even talk to Jesus to a young girl talk about Jesus to a young girl Jesus repeated Jesus the son of God Jesus the risen Christ here 
God's peace be with you. They weren't going to overcome the fear by doing their boots up a bit tighter and pulling their socks up. They needed God's peace. I am now sending you just as the Father has sent me. They thought they were disqualified. He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. The risen Christ stood before them and said, As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. So they're sent by the Father. And then breathed the Holy Spirit on them. And the Trinity Commission Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive a person their sins, they are forgiven. Those you do not forgive remain unforgiven. In the context of what God's been saying, we can easily say, those who you connect with. Because forgiveness shows unconditional love, doesn't it? Forgiveness makes connection. And obviously those of you who don't make connection are not going to hear the gospel from you. The gospel is a gospel of forgiveness. He's saying, you're going to do this. As he expected in that boat when he was asleep, you're going to do this. you will be fearful so I will need to give you my peace and we know that sometime later the Holy Spirit would pour out in a completely different way at the beginning of Acts and they would spill out everywhere but this was the beginning because he's breathing the Spirit upon them and the Holy Spirit is going to, or Jesus is going to breathe his Holy Spirit on you. Here, in this room. For what he's about to do, because we're going to spill out into the city. We saw last night that Jesus' mother-in-law, Jesus walked in, found out she was unwell, Walked straight into her room, took her by the hand. I don't know how rude she thought he was. He walked into her room and she wasn't well and he's pulling her up. And she's healed completely. So completely, she gets the dinner ready. That's not something you normally do after being ill. Have a period of recovery, dear. Sit there for a while, we'll look after you. But you see, God is restoring us, not to just sit down, but to do something. The healings he was releasing earlier, he wants to just give them to you because he loves you. But also it's to enable you to live the gospel as he wants you to live. Because these things hold us back, don't they? The pains and the fears and the failures and the physical things. 
And we see miracles and we see things that don't happen, but we're just going to keep saying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I can't do better than that. I think the coming out of shadows or whatever that word was is really just over all of us. Let's remove the camouflage and just do it. It was a Nike t-shirt, wasn't it? Let's not merge into the society. Let's stand out. I was going to say, let's all wear orange trainers, but I haven't got them on. That was a shame. <laughs> but no, let's not merge. Let's not hide. Let, let people see. And yeah, they will think you're different. We're supposed to be. Let's not be different weird because we do stupid things. You know, don't, don't go home and start sacrificing a lamb on the front lawn every night and spreading it around your doorposts. I'm not talking about that kind of weirdness. If you follow Jesus, he says, that's weird enough, believe me. We don't need to do really peculiar stuff. Just raising your hands can be enough for some people. Sometimes people say, oh, I'm being persecuted for preaching the gospel. No, you're being persecuted because you were obnoxious preaching the gospel. It can be true, can't it? sending you as the Father has sent me. Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. All those of us that are able, can we stand? As Jesus is, so are we in this world. We could invite everybody to come up the front and me or Brian and Shona or other leaders could pray for each one of you. Because as Jesus is, so are we in this world. The key thing with what Jesus is doing now is that applies to everyone. We can't look to super people to meet all our needs. As we said yesterday, it's one of the reasons Pastor Colin believes faith camp was to end. To enable us ordinary ones, if you like. He's ordinary too, really. To enable the ordinary to do the works of God. So we're not going to have everybody come forward. I'm not saying we won't ever do that. We, we will. But in a minute we're going to pray for one another. But it would be better really to mix up a bit. Don't husband and wives just pray for each other. That's Mix up. Find some different people. And it's not a time to go into a long word of prophecy. I don't believe. Not now. There will be times of that. 
But as Jesus is, so are we in this world. So we're going to do this. Because he could minister peace. He was peace in that boat, in the storm, because he is peace. He said, well, I'm not peace. That's the whole point. I need his peace. I'm full of fear. Or I feel fearful in certain circumstances, however it applies to you. But you see, the King of Peace, the Prince of Peace, lives in you. And that's the whole reason we can do these things. It's not us. And the people are going to stand at the door because we connected. But to connect, we need to have God's peace. Because we don't want to bring our fears and anxieties and everything else into their lives, do we? The house that God wants these people to come into is a house that has God's peace. Not a house that's unrealistically jumping around saying, Jesus is good, so good all the time, nothing bad ever happens, whoop de doo and you've got no faith because something bad happened to you. I've had enough of that sort of environment, haven't you? But a house that says, well, I know how to walk through this because we keep our eyes on him. When I mean, you briefly told your story of waiting seven years for your wonderful daughter. Actually, a lot of us were part of that story because we were in there praying for it. But for all the time up until you actually had that daughter in your arms, it was still, keep our eyes on Jesus, keep our eyes on Jesus. And I know from your story there were some very difficult situations towards the end as well when the storm grew. And it looked like they weren't going to get to the other side. But now they can hold that baby in their arms. But for seven years, there was no answer, apparently. One day, you know, we're all going to be in heaven together. And we'll look back on this time and it will have been so quick. <laughs> I think most of us in this room were once children. <laughs> I think that's a fairly safe bet. There might be somebody that's really strange and miraculous. But as far as I know, we were all kids. <laughs> and do you remember being at primary school or, or equivalent? And do you remember how the summer holidays went on forever? I did for I, I I just remember forever. Maybe it's something that when you get to my age and older, that you, they seem even longer. But when I was a kid, they seemed to last forever, and it was always sunny. <laughs> I mean, we went on holiday in the UK, and it was always sunny. We were always on the beach, building sandcastles, and if it did rain, it was amazing because we were in the caravan playing board games. Yes, <laughs> and they lasted forever. And you went back to school and you're like, is this a pen? <laughs> what am I supposed to do in this place? I don't remember it here. 
and yet now you're an adult and summer seems to take two weeks even less looking outside right now but it goes so quick doesn't it because as you grow and you mature and as you experience more of life life seems shorter I mean when you're five years old and you, and you have a birthday you've just gained another fifth of your life when you're 55 years old or six I can't remember we had this debate yesterday I really should work it out again shouldn't I you know one year is a tiny fraction of my life and one summer holiday imagine what it's like when you're living in eternity and Kath was saying together yesterday to me she kind of feels like we're all going to arrive in heaven together and you know, heaven's outside time, so it's hard to talk about it, but we're all going to be there with everybody. Those we've lost and those we walk with now, and those we never met, too. People that went to be with God even before we were born. We'll all meet. I think the time between when we're promoted and when we arrive there, it'll be like asleep. We won't notice it, we'll just be there and we'll be with the Lord forever be amazing but for now we're bringing that down here there's no sickness in heaven we're pulling it down sometimes I find that one of the hardest things because I you know I almost feel like when somebody is healed you feel like, well, what about the person that's not healed? That's not fair. I feel bad that I'm praying for someone else to be healed when that person wasn't. And that's a fear. I mean, that's like saying if somebody tomorrow invented a cure for, a complete and utter cure for Alzheimer's, but we can't use it because it'd be unfair on all the people before. Of course we would use it. If medicine pulls down something, into the medical world that's now beneficial we're going, we want to use it but every generation of the church has to pull heaven down for itself again and again and again it's not something like oh we've pulled it down we've got it now it's a continuous your kingdom come your will be done and if we want to see a generation that didn't pull down heaven it's that generation that didn't cross the Jordan and died in the desert but we're not that generation we are not those that shrink back. That's why we're here. But any elements of that, the peace of God is going to come. Jesus is going to breathe the Holy Spirit upon you. And fear is going to dissolve. It'll be like it falling through your body and dripping out of your toes is the kind of picture I've got in my mind. You know, it's just like, it's held in there at the moment and it's just dissolving out. If you want to, Jesus, you could make me clean. Of course I want to. He reached out and touched him and immediately he was made clean. So listen, this is how I think we should do this worship team will just go back into some worship 
you find just one person to partner with. I try and choose somebody you haven't normally prayed with, I think, for this. Because that's all part of overcoming the fear. And when you get to them, just do as Jesus did, because as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Peace be with you. I mean, this isn't compulsory. You you don't have to do this. If you you don't wish to take part, just sit down and be still. That's fine. Jesus still loves you. (laughs) But he walked into the room, and so you're going to say, peace be with you. I am now sending you, because Jesus is speaking through you, so you can say that. I am now sending you, just as the Father has sent me. You see, that's true of you too. You're going to get it twice, because you're going to get it when you pray, and you're going to get it when it's spoken over you. And if you can't remember the words, you can just look up John chapter 20, verse 21. Then he breathed on them, so you need to breathe on them. If you forgot the breath mint, same for their chest. (laughs) Breathe on them and say, receive the Holy Spirit. That'll do. And that fear is going to melt away. I mean, you might find there's people getting healed and restored and filled and all sorts of things because you open up for God to move and it's remarkable isn't it and to be honest I don't really care whether you've got faith or not right now because he has the fact all the faith you need is to just do it if you do it you've got it So John 20, verse 21, if you can't remember it. But it's peace be with you. I'm now sending you as the Father has sent me. Breathe on them and say, receive the Holy Spirit. I don't know whether you've got sort of like scriptures on the back, have you? We could put actually up the passage, couldn't we? Have we got anybody that's able to put the words up from the Bible, John 20, 21? And this is the truth I'm reading, but... It doesn't have to be these exact words. Let's go back into worship and then just move around move around the room. You're only going to pray for one person. Try and pair up around the room. Um, I think what we'll yeah, if you if you haven't got in, if you haven't found somebody in a, in a little while, we'll just raise some hands so that we can find the people that are feeling rejected. <laughs> So uh, just go and find some people. Just go and find a person, rather. And uh, if we just worship here. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.